Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On this week's episode of the BTM Podcast, we sit down with all-pro, pro bowler, running back, Melvin Gordon of the Denver Broncos. And he talks about the expectations of being the next great back in Denver. He also reflects on what should we expect from Colin Kaepernick in today's game. Last but not least, he's going to give us his Mount Rushmore of his greatest backs that ever played the game. Man, stay tuned. Let's go behind the mask. Welcome back to another special edition of the Behind the Mask podcast. I am your host, Takeo Spikes, joined alongside my co-host, better known as the... Your favorite plus-size model, Tucson Reyes, in the building. And yes, what makes this episode so special is that we got one of the young gunners, one of the young stars of the NFL. Listen, I, I, I didn't like him at Wisconsin just because of the history of how they beat Auburn in the bowl games, but I got over it. Big fan of him now. Started off with my San Diego Chargers, now with the Denver Broncos. Y'all give it up for my guy, Melvin Gordon. Hey, man, it's, it's good to see you, my brother, man. How is everything going while uh, just being boxed in for a minute? Yeah, I mean, it started out crazy, man. Um, you know, it started out real crazy. They was, you know, I was in Florida training at the beginning, and then they started shutting everything down, and then I had to make it out back to California because, um, you know, we had a little private gym open there. But, you know, it's just been, it's been hectic, man, all around. And, and with it being hectic, you said you had to kind of change locations to be able to get your training in and get all sorts of things like that going in. But with the social injustice and all of that going on alongside the pandemic, how has that really changed your regimen in particular, whether or not if it's training or you spending time with family or just your personal time? Um, You know, you try to do what you can um, as far as the social justice thing, you know, you know, we've, we've had a lot of conversations about all that, especially, you know, with the Zoom thing going on with the teams. Um, you know, we talk, you know, uh, a lot about that. But, um, you know, I haven't really been able to, you know, see my family. You know, I've been on the West Coast and I had to, you know, during this time I had to move and, and you know, you know, getting the release was up. So I had to find a place to stay and I had to stay with my mom for a little bit and she had to move. So it's been kind of crazy for me, and I haven't been able to, you know, my family's in Wisconsin, so I haven't really been able to see them, um, see them like that, man. So it's just been been crazy for me because I'm trying to, you know, I haven't even been to Denver yet, but I'm trying to get my things together. Um, you know, trying to move during this pandemic is not is not uh, it's not the greatest thing, to be honest with you. you talked about moving to Denver. Um, obviously, first time in your career being a free agent. I know you heard all the stories about how the teams whine and dine you. How's it been different, though? And was it expected being in the pandemic, being with the social justice going on? You can't, Like you said, you couldn't move. Your family's not there with you. How has it been different going into free agency? Um, Everything was, you know, it was it was crazy to me, man. You know, to have a free agency during the, the pandemic was different, you know. You know, I didn't get to go see the teams. Um, You know, it was just... It didn't. It didn't happen how I, you know how I thought it would be. Um, you know how I picture free agency is 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 nothing how I thought it was. Um, you know NFL Live and 
you know, ESPN, they all make they make they make free agency seem way cooler than what it is. And maybe it is for a couple guys. It's probably what they think it ought to be. But, you know, for me, um, and probably for anybody that was a free agent during this pandemic, it, it definitely wasn't what we expected, man. It was uh definitely difficult for me, especially with the holdout and things like that. Cause that all resurfaced when it came back to trying to get stuff done. Hey, bro, like that free agency is all what is 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 talked about now. I went through it five times. And yeah. and uh so I I do feel bad because you really don't have that opportunity to go back, kind of like when you was coming out of high school going to college. You know, you the coach, you know, the teams focus on you, bring out everything. But um now that we're talking about that football field, let's go on the football field. Uh you're healthy. You know exactly where you are, new beginning. And I actually like what they do in Denver as far as their offense with the running game. But I really want to know now that you're healthy and you have a better, fresh, new start, like what are the expectations going forward for this year? What are you looking forward to? Uh, You know, to balling out, man, and being the guy, um, you know, and, and winning the Super Bowl. You know, obviously we had a great team. Uh, you know, with, with San Diego and with Los Angeles, with the Chargers, I say, as a whole. And we never really got, you know, I've been in the playoff one time, uh, you know, and it was fun. It was exciting, man. And now that I'm with Denver, um, they put a lot of pieces, you know, offensively on that side of the ball and defensively, man. So we got a shot. We just got to we gotta make it come together because you can have a great team, and if y'all can't play as one, you ain't going to get nowhere, you know. So, you know, I just can come in, man. I want to be a leader. Um you know, it's not like me coming into the Chargers for the first time, being a rookie and not knowing how the process go. I, I understand how things go, how things, you know, now as far as how coach structure things, you know, I have to figure out how he do that. But as far as, you know, handling things like a vet, um, you know, I know what to do. I know what it takes to be where I want to be. Uh, so I'm excited about that, man, to go in there, fresh start. Like you said, I like the way they do things in Denver as well. Um, as far as the run game. Uh, you know, just talking with the with the running back coach, sitting in meetings on the Zoom calls with the linemen. I like the way they do things, um, getting on the same page with them. I think, you know, it's going to be a hell of a season. And you in the same division too, man. So yeah. how is that going to be going against your former team twice a year, man? Uh, It's going to be dope, man. Uh, I think it's going to be, you know, major exciting, man. You know, all the boys, I got a great relationship with all those guys too. Um, you know, and they gonna they definitely gonna let me have it. Uh, ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> they go they gonna let me hear it. You know, them boys gonna let me hear. It. You know that I, I was working out with them actually when I was in California. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I kept hearing all I was hearing was trash talk the whole time, man. It's kind of tough, but it is what it is at this point. Uh, but it's gonna be exciting, man, because they got a great team: Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, Derwin James. Rayshon, I mean, I know all them boys, and then, you know, they just, they, they a nice thing, man, but I'm excited to get at them boys. I'm not going to lie to you. And the first time, the first time you get in the end zone, I know you go have a little something extra for them. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely getting boogie in the end zone. Oh, man. Oh, man. You know it. They better not let me score. I'm going <laughs> hey, I'm showing hey, out. out. You going to give it to them in the end zone? Oh, man. I was, man. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm hey, I, I make any type of play, and I mean any type of 
<laughs> what? Long as you don't get a one yard gain and you get up celebrate now. You? Oh no! I, see, I, ain't, gonna, <laughs> I ain't gonna do that. I know better than that. Now, nah, but it's it, it's pretty cool though because you talked about you coming in early, starting your career off in San Diego. And now when you walk into this locker room for the first time, bro, like everybody is going to look at you as like you're the vet. You're the solid vet that I need to hang my cap on. You're the vet that I'm coming to that if I need to have some conversations as a youngster, I need to come to you. So um, how do you see that role playing out and are you willing to embrace it? I am, man. I, I had a taste of that, uh, you know, uh, when I was in college and I was the guy, you know, players coming up to me, people depending on you, players looking up to you, depending on you. And I, I, I loved it. I loved the role, man. And it was so hard, you know, um, you know, being with the Chargers. I had Gates for most of my time here. I had Phil for most of my time there. And then we would bring in guys that was, you know, 10 plus years. Me, Bang, uh, Russell Kuhn, Mike Pouncey. We just... We kept just Mike, Mike there. I mean, just, you know, we just had so many people that was just, you know, just vets, old heads, man. And, you know, now, like you said, I'm coming to a team where, you know, I'm I'm looked upon as the vet, you know. And I I, I paid close attention to Gates. Um, you know, he was one of my closest teammates, man. I learned a lot from Gates, um, you know. So, you know, it's a good thing, me following him, me learning from him. And, you know, I'm willing to take on that role, man. I think it's exciting. I love when guys look up to you because, you know, you got to be held accountable with everything you do. And, you know, that 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 drives you to want to be great and, you know, stay on top of your game. Um, so I'm excited about the whole thing. That's another reason I'm anxious to get to Denver. I went from being the youngest guy to the oldest guy in a matter of months. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm excited, you know, and I'm ready to embrace that role. Denver definitely has a youth movement going on, man. And um, we're all competitors, I'm straight up. And and you're about to share the backfield with Philip Lindsay, solid running back in his own right. Um, how do you feel you guys, uh, your running styles, vastly different. How do you feel that they complement each other and what, what you would do this year in the Broncos offense? Yeah, you know, Phil's more of an, uh, you know, outside, you know, outside zone game. He kills guys with speed, real nifty. Um you know, I, I, I could do I could do that as well. Um, but I like the you know, I could play inside, I could be the power back. You know, we complement each other well. Like I said, like like me and Austin, I really don't see it, it's really not you know, I'm not hoping to see too much of a difference. I thought me and Austin was a great one two uh combo. Um and I you know, you know, it's crazy that they number is the same, but I don't see it being any different. Um, you know, it's just and I know people gonna make a big deal out of who gonna get the lion's share of the carries or who gonna be the big dog, but you know that's why we got camp, you know, to go in there and compete, you know, and, yeah. and get it done, you know. So we'll 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 let that play out how it play out, but um, you know, we we have two different type of games, man, and it, it just keep keep uh keep teams on their toes, man. Like I said, me and Austin, uh, you know, they were they are almost the same player if you want to be honest. If I'm just you know just just throwing that out there, and I thought Austin was a hell of a player. Um, and it just, we kept, we kept teams uneven, you know, the way he slashed teams and able to go up the middle and way go outside. And then I got my different game and, you know, you just, you just don't know what what's coming. And then we both in there at the same time, you really don't know what's going on. So yeah. it's going to be exciting. You know, we're going to have some packages with, with both of us in there. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot coming for the future. Hey, and you already said it when, 
you look at this team and you look at the history, bro. And I'm just talking about even when I came in back in 98, Terrell Davis, then they followed that up with Clinton Portis. Also, he came on the Behind the Mask show. Make sure you check out that episode at some point. But uh, the thing about it, though, bro, they just talked about how great the scheme was and how it really fits their talent. And so, like, I know you were at Wisconsin, power running football team. You said it earlier, you can run in between the tackles. But what are you looking for in this offense? Or what are you looking forward to to be able to show a highlight, something that you haven't been able to show in the past with the Chargers offense? Just, you know, they do a lot of inside zone. Um, you know, and, and I said that before, uh, you know, we didn't really run much inside zone uh, with the Chargers. Um, it's just because we just didn't have a personnel, you know, and it's something that Coach Lynn wanted to do more. You know, Coach Lynn liked to, you know, he's a great coach, man, and he wants to do what players want, what, what players feel comfortable doing. Um, and that's just what I was comfortable doing, and we just couldn't do that because personnel saw, you know, my whole time there I had to adapt, which is fine. It made me a better player. It is what it is. You know, I, I was coached and I was told, to, you know, if you want to be great, you have to learn how to adapt. So I was cool with it. Um, but, you know, just just going through the Zoom meetings and, and you know, with, with like I said, sitting down with the line, I know that they do – their run game is based around what I like to do, you know, what I am. Um, I'm an inside zone runner. I, I just I, – that's what I do. Like, I know how to do it all, but that's my bread and butter right there. We do a lot of that. And, uh, you know, I just feel like they're definitely going to put me in a position to be successful. And, you know, let's just say we don't run inside zone. You know, and you know, Drew, Drew, Drew like like to do what he want to do, and he don't want to do that. Then it is what it is. I don't play with Phil Rivers. I know how to. I know how to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Audible. Man, you feel me? Either way, either way, man, I'm straight. So you know, I I'm excited, man. You know, fresh start. You know, I'm gonna miss the boys and the fellas there, man. That's always tough. Um, you know, especially thinking I was gonna be a Charger forever. Um. But, hey, look, I'm a Bronco man, and like I said, you know, all those guys are saying the scheme worked. Previous guys before me that were great players, and I'm starting to see it now that it's a great scheme. Um, so I just want to make it effective, and we're going to see how it pan out. I'm going to put y'all on the spot real quick. You play running back, obviously face some of the greats in your career already. We, we, we live with another great right here, Tequila Spice. If you had to go inside zone, goal line, you and Spice meeting in the middle. Who going in that battle? <laughs> Who going in the Why battle? Why are you doing us like that? Put him, put him on the spot. <laughs> hey, he want to test your confidence early, huh? Put it out there. I'm trying to, you know, hey, you going to mess up the interview. Hey, 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 listen, listen. You ain't going to talk to me no more. There's only one rule on the Behind the Mask podcast. There are no rules. So let's get it. <laughs> you can say whatever the hell you want to say. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go me, but you know, as you should. You feel me? Hey, as you should. And I'm going to tell you my side of the story. <laughs> hey, we'll wait your side. But nah, we're so, so. We all have our ups and downs in the NFL, bro. It's part of life, you know. Um, but share with the fans or share with our audience one of the, the toughest times that you may have had in the NFL that they may not know about. Uh, the toughest times would have been my uh, my rookie year. Um, you know, coming in, um, you know, 
I had the first game. I had my starting offensive lineman. After that, it was – I mean, we was picking guys off the street. So, it was already hard for me to, you know, to be able to adjust, um, you know, to the game and then to try to adjust with, you know, with linemen that we picking up off the street that I just have no chemistry with. It was never anything. I didn't score. Um, you know, my first year I came, I got drafted 15th pick. So, so many high expectations that I never really cared about. Um and then when, you know, my rival, um, Todd Gurley, uh, that I came out with, you know, and he's one of my good friends too. But, you know, we just compete. It is what it is. You know, we've been at it since college. And, you know, he was having this great success. You know, rookie of the year, just all this, just slingshotted into stardom. And here I am having the worst year you could possibly have as a rookie. And then, you know, it, it got to the Miami game, and I started getting – you know, I started, you know, getting a feel. I was like, okay, I got this. No matter what, I got this. I'm getting it. And then I get hurt um, with, like, four or five games left for the season. And I'm just like, man, I just can't believe this. I got no touchdowns. I get hurt. You know, he balling. I'm just bottom tier. And that whole offseason, I literally could not sleep. Just, you know, it was it was definitely, like, one of my low points. Um, you know, everybody, the fans, everybody just saying, oh, how bad of a player you are, you this, you that. Um, but, you know, with situations like that, you either let it make you or break you, man. I couldn't sleep. And, I, you know, I went to go – I went to Houston and I trained with Adrian Peterson. And I just needed to figure out – you know, I had Danny Woodhead there, but, you know, he wasn't my style of back, you know. Sure. And I just needed to learn from a, a guy that was kind of similar and AP was still in the game and I heard how hard he trained. So I went there and trained with him, and then I came back that next year, and you know, and I and I showed people, you know, I'm better than that first year. But man, that 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 year, man, I man, I had nightmares. I couldn't sleep. I, I'm telling you, it was it was it was bad, man. All I was thinking was get better, and I got to show. And you know, obviously, I am where I am today. But um, that definitely was a low point. My rookie year was definitely a low point for me. Well, the high point, definite high point is after you got through your rookie year, bro, like, <clears throat> we can officially call you a pro bowler. All you pro. Me? You know what I'm <laughs> saying? That ain't going to never leave you, bro. That ain't going to never leave. But you say you you say you worked out with AP because you wanted to know, like, what great, what greatness looks like, what it trains like. And you did that. So I'm going to ask you this. What's your Mount Rushmore of running backs? How many? Five? Yeah. Four. Five? Four. Uh, well, it'll be five if you include five with you up there. <laughs> I give, I give, I, I, I give you, I give you five. I give you five. Let me give you five. All right. Okay, I got Walter. Yep, Walter Payton. I got Walter. I got Barry. Barry Sanders. I got Eric Dickerson. Ed. Okay. Uh, I got LT and I got AP. LT and AP. Yeah. You can't you can't go wrong with that group. Yeah. Nah, you I, ain't gonna go wrong. <laughs> Fact. Which <laughs> out of out of those five, um, like was there any running back coming up that you patterned your game after? You know, when you were young, you was like, Yeah, I see myself as this style of running back. Yeah, well, my dad was a big Bears fan. So the first highlights that I ever watched, just like on YouTube, um, was Walter Payton. Um you know, that was like the first guy that, you know, I started, I was like, okay. My dad was like, look, look at this guy. And I was like, okay, that's what I want to be like. Um, and that's just like, you know, my hero. And 
and I never got a chance to meet him or really watch him live, really. But I just seen the highlights and I kind of fell in love with his game. And, you know, I read more into him and I fell in love with his character and his work ethic. And that just always pushed me to be where I am. My mom, funny story is my mom actually took care of Walter Payton um, when he was in the hospital. Um, oh, wow. So that was Dang. that was that was super dope for me as well. And then uh, when I started actually watching on TV and I was I was watching LT and I was a big fan and I was. I was I hated to say that he was my favorite running back and then when he retired and went to AP, but then I was I was I hated to tell people LT was my favorite player because I got drafted to the Chargers. So it's it sounded like a cliche type of yeah, yeah. you know, like oh he's just yeah, but you know, that's who it was. And I can say that now because I'm with Denver, but um he was definitely, you know, the guy that I watched and played with in Madden no matter what. And you know, I was hurt when they when they got rid of him. I ain't gonna lie, I was hurt. I was hurt. <laughs> I was trying to drop him. I was hurt. <laughs> so that's my that's my mom wrestling right there. Sure, sure. That's a great group right there, man. And obviously, like I said, uh, like Spice said earlier, you wanted the top in the game. You know what I mean? When you on, when everything is flowing your way. Obviously, Denver is, a, is an offense that fits your running back style. So fast forward into to this season. Um, a lot going on off the field, social injustice going on across the country. Uh, Commissioner Goodell on the record saying, you know what? I got it wrong. Certain things I did in the past we shouldn't have done. Um, what do you think about his apology to the players, to the league, to the fans? Um, do you believe it? Um, you know, I, I believe it. And, you know, I feel like, you know, maybe it's a, it's a lot of people that just don't understand, you know, just under, don't understand what we go through. And, you know, I think you know, the world is making it real clear what we have to go through our day to day, our everyday life. And, you know, would have been nice for him to do this before all this came out and really just kind of sat back and really understood. I mean, it would have been, you know, obviously it would have been amazing for him to, you know, to really be the first to really just be like, you know, I'm making this stand and I'm standing with y'all. Um, but, you know, the fact that he is doing something about it, that's all I care about. The fact that he's speaking on it, that's all I care about. Um, you know, because people hear him as well. Um, so I'm just happy that, you know, it didn't happen with the timing. Uh, whether people feel like it's sincere or not, you know, I feel like it has to be somewhat type of, a, or, or he understands in some type of way for him to get out and speak or take an account or, or, or do anything, you know. So I, I'm just happy that, you know, the people, the the man that is really the face of our organization is, is you know, is is, is aware now, man. And that's, and I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. Like I said, it would have been nice for, you know, because we've been trying to make him aware. Yeah. Um, You know, it would have been nice, you know, for him to, like I said, take that role before, you know, we had to step up and do something about it before all this bad stuff started happening. But, you know, he's doing it now, so. I'm 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 happy about that. Yeah, and that's true, bro. Because, like you said, man, at least he's aware, yeah. and I think awareness is beginning of change. Then, when when you have people who are aware, now you can hold them accountable. Yeah. And you hear a lot of people, especially in the streets, because everybody now sees that Colin Kaepernick was right if they didn't believe him in the beginning, and now people are saying. Hey, we would love to see Cap to get his chance. This is the perfect opportunity for you to go back and make it right. I personally don't believe that. Like, I, I think that opportunity should have been extended to him. 
when all of this was still going on and he was sitting out. But wanted to get your take on Cap. Like, do you think he deserves another chance to not deserves another chance, but do you think he will be back in the league knowing at the heightened sensitivity of where we are now? Ah, man, I was actually talking to that, talking about that with my homies, um, you know, with a couple players, just, you know, will he come back? Will it be, you know, too much pressure to come back? What if he comes back and he ain't the player that everybody, you know? Yeah, four years off, bro. That's a long time now. I sat out, I sat out for a couple months and I felt rusty. And that we talking four years, three, four years, that's a long time of not playing football. You know, so it's it's it, you know, it, I I mean maybe he could deal with that. You know, that's really on him. I would love to see him on the team, you know, to be honest. Um, I hope he comes back and be the player that he was. There was no reason that he shouldn't have been out as long as he have have been, but you know, it's a lot of pressure that comes with that now too. You know, that's that's how I feel. You come back and you ain't that same player no more. Then, then what? Now what's to be said? You know what I'm saying? Right. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, it's going to be a lot of people in this corner for him coming back. I would love to see him back, man. A lot of people would um, just because he iconic now in a way, you know, and, you know, you, you just, you know, that's that's what we need. And any team would love to have him, man. So, you know, I, I wish the best for him, man. I love to see him on the team, and I love to see him come back and ball. You know, four or five years, however long he out, I hope he come back and do his thing. Yeah, I, I share the same sentiments with you. And at, at most times, a lot of times, a lot of this stuff get heavy, man. And and uh, I just wanted to ask you, like, when the when the white noise gets so loud in your ears, I peep you out. You like to travel, so. Um, me and my partner too, we like to travel too. I want to know what's one of your best places you like to go to kind of get a good retreat away from everything. Me, uh, I like to go, uh, I take like a big group trip. Um, I'm still real close with, uh, my bros from college. Um, we had a great bond and we all still stay connected. So I like to take a trip to Vegas. Um, I go out there with them boys and I just don't worry about nothing we just man we just having a good time because we rarely see each other and that's like our year trip where we all just get together and we don't worry about no stress we don't worry about you know we don't worry about none of that whatever you had that was holding you as a burden you leave that on the plane once you step into this building man we having a good time man and it's just our way to just let loose and then when we leave there it's back to reality all right so let me ask you this Give me one of the best memories you had with all with the fellas, like classic memory that you you will never forget. Everybody always be jobbing off of. Oh, man. Um, let me see. We got so many, though. You know, some some to talk about, some to you. <laughs> <laughs> Give us the goods, man. Oh, Give us the goods, man. I'm going to holler at you about that a little later. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some. Give me some. <laughs> you know, I'm going I'm to holler at you about that a little later. We, we, got, we have a nice little time, man. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something what we used to do, bro. We used to do this thing called 24 Hours to Live. So I don't know if you remember... It's probably before your time, but Mace had a song called 24 Hours to Live. Just think, where would you go? What would you do? Mm-hmm. So if we had like a, a and we and looking back, I, we probably shouldn't have did this, but if we had like a win Monday or something like that, I would call my agent and say, yo, I need six flights, six rooms. We take a dice, throw it, die, throw it up in the air. We pick six cities. Wherever the die land, 
that's the city we was going to. Now it would be within an hour or two of you know whatever city we were. I think we were in Charlotte at the time. So if it was Miami, six flights, six rooms in Miami, call everybody I knew, all the club promoters, all my homegirls, all my homeboys, whatever, and 24 hours, get it in. Like you said, just just lay back. And we started doing it more in the offseason, but you know, just just kind of decompress a bit. And then massages in the morning, so everybody's steam room and get right back to it and get ready for, for the next day. You know what I'm saying? So like I said, I don't recommend you doing that during the season because looking back, I'm like, that was dumb. But I don't even you drink know. during the season. So hey, <laughs> hey, you hey a CP a CP came on. CP came on and he said. He got so faded on a Friday night. He said he walked in. He was about to walk in the coach's room on Sunday before the game and say, coach, I can't play today. And we looked at him and we were like, man, you was going to walk into the coach's room. He said Shannon Sharp stopped him right before he walked in and say, what are you doing? He responded to Shannon by saying, Man, I'm about to tell Coach I can't play because I'm still hungover from Friday night, and I can't play up under these conditions. I say, boy, you a fool! <laughs> Get in there, lock in. <laughs> in oh lock man, in. Nah, I can't. See, what I'm saying I don't even play with that fire in the season. Yeah, I don't recommend it either. Like I said, that was we, you know, we dating ourselves. That was early 2000s and all of that. But you know, y'all, y'all, are, y'all are different. Uh, different breed, different animal right now, way better athletes than we were, you know what I'm saying? So it, it definitely took longer for us to recover, but salute to you doing all the things that you're doing on the field, taking care of your body. We watch your workouts and everything. You're doing your thing off the field as well. Um, you talked about Walter Payton and how much of a, a role model he was to you, things that he's done off the uh, off the field as well. Um, talk about Beyond the Flash, your foundation and, and what that means to you. Uh, it's just helping, you know, give back with hunger, man. Just trying to attack that. You know, I've just seen so many people just struggle with that, man. And it's just, you know, just being in a position I'm in and, you know, it, it can go unnoticed sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I just don't feel like nobody should be out here hungry, man. It's too much food. And just think about all the food that you have that you throw away. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, man, No, I feel like no one should go through that, man. Regardless of what's going on, nobody should go through that, man. So it's something I want to attack. But I'm trying to re, you know, you know, redefine that my whole organization, man. Cause I just, I just want to help in general. You know, I just like helping people in general, man. Just got a big heart. Um, you know, growing up, my dad, you know, was kind of like the the big pillar in the family where he always helped, whether it was friends, whether it was, you know, some some friends of mine that couldn't, you know get it couldn't sign up for football because they didn't have enough money my dad always helped he was a he was a helping hand and on um, vice versa you know on my mom's side she was like that big pillar with the family that always was trying she would give up her last to see someone else smile man and it just you know when i see that growing up it's just it just you know i come with a big heart man i just want to help so many people so you know, I just feel like, you know, if I can make my mark in any type of way and just try to give back in some fashion, man, I'm I'm for it. Yeah, that's dope, bro. And uh, we salute you for that, my brother, because I think a lot of times guys are trying to look for ways to be able to affect the community or be able to give that helping hand like you do, especially with your foundation. But it's good to know you you're one of the ones who are on the forefront, one of the leaders. Uh, to actually do it. So we salute you in that. But before we let you go, yeah. 
Philip told me this story. He said, in practice, you guys were out there playing, practicing, warming up. And he said, whenever you missed the pass, you would go immediately and go change your cleats. And I was like, Phil, why is he changing his cleats? He said, I don't know. Why don't you ask him? So I'm asking you right now, take us behind the mask. What in the hell the drop pass got to do with cleats? Or what do cleats got to do with a drop pass? I don't know what Phil talking about. <laughs> I don't know what Phil talking about, man, with the drop pass, man. But you know, <laughs> I do. He is right. I switched cleats. I cannot find a pair of cleats to save my life. I will switch cleats. I've been through four, five pair of cleats in a game before. In a game? In a game. I'm so like, I hate to say I'm superstitious, but I really am. Like, if I practice all week in yellow gloves, I cannot wear white gloves in the game. If I drop the ball, it's because I switch gloves for sure. <laughs> I switch because I, I switch gloves. My cleats, like, if I play bad the first half, like, just go watch tape. If I play bad the first half, I'm changing up my whole my socks. I'm changing up the whole style. Coming the second half, I'm switching it up. I'm changing it. If I play bad, I'm changing it up. It's just you know, saying it's just like little things like that I do. But as far as dropping the ball and changing my cleats, I don't know what feels. (laughs) He said he ain't never dropped the ball. So what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, nah, man, but uh. My brother, we appreciate you you you, you stopping in on us, man, with the good content. We on check back in with you by you know sometime during the season. So you just make sure you pick up. I got you. I got you, man. Hey, man, more than welcome, man. I'm blessed, man. I appreciate you for having me for sure. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Behind the Mask podcast with Denver Broncos running back Melvin Gordon. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at the BTM Podcast. And subscribe anywhere you get your podcast content. Make sure you leave a comment as well. And remember, on the Behind the Mask podcast, there's only one rule. There are no rules. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.